edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with you as always. And in today's show, the draft has finally wrapped up, and it's time for the top 24 Dynasty Rookie Rankings. Yes, officially, my rankings are done for Dynasty Rookies in the first two rounds. I'll be comparing them to the Fantasy Pros Consensus Top 24 and PPR 1QB starting leagues. Mine are for half PPR, so they might vary slightly because of that. They'll also vary slightly for other reasons, and I will discuss why. But that is the crux of the episode today. Hope you all enjoyed the draft and that your team made all the right picks. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast. Second goal fantasy at gmail.com is where you can send your fantasy questions. And let's just jump right into it. Again, it's the top 24 dynasty rookie rankings. All these will have redraft implications as well, but Mainly, the focus now for this episode is on Dynasty Leagues, where you keep your roster year for year. These are the guys that you should draft in order in your rookie draft. So let's start with the 101. The number one overall pick in the rookie draft, it's very, very clear. Bijan Robinson, the eighth overall pick going to the Atlanta Falcons, came out of the Texas Longhorns this offseason, was one of the best running backs in football. Some even called him generational. He can run, he can pass catch, he has long speed, and he's coming into this situation now with very little competition in Atlanta. This is one of the weakest RB rooms in the league. He should step in and be a workhorse right away. He should step in and maybe even be a top five guy for redraft right away. And for Dynasty, he's arguably the most valuable player left let alone the most valuable rookie. So if you have the 101, don't trade out of it. Don't overthink it. Select Bijan Robinson. He will take over for Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson almost immediately. The R, the number two guy on this list is actually different on Fantasy Pros. Bijan Robinson is ranked the consensus number one on the Fantasy Pros consensus. And actually, no expert has him ranked lower than one out of 34 experts, so that should tell you something. But this number two guy for me is different than the one on Fantasy Pros. It's Jameer Gibbs, who they have ranked at number three. And yes, before you say anything, the Lions made a terrible pick at number 12, selecting a running back when they already had David Montgomery and DeAndre Swift. But good news, DeAndre Swift is traded. He is now gone to Philly, and I'm sure we'll get into the fantasy implications of that in the next few weeks as he's going to be paired with Rashad Penny and potentially very effective in an Eagles backfield. But to me, Jameer Gibbs with David Montgomery... He will take over as the starting running back. He can run and catch as well. He's a very well-rounded running back, not quite as balanced, I guess you could say, as Bijan Robinson in terms of just the pure contact balance. I would say Bijan Robinson has got it better. But Jameer Gibbs is a very, very good running back as well. And the reason I have him ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's my number three guy, the first round wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks, is because, first of all, I see running back as a less deep position and therefore a higher value position. It's hard to get good running backs later in dynasty drafts or in dynasty rookie drafts. That's going to be a need. A lot of teams will need to fill and Jameer Gibbs will fill it. Meanwhile, Jackson Smith and Jigba. First of all, stating the obvious, he went lower in the draft. Second, he's competing with for targets with DK Metcalf and for the moment, Tyler Lockett. And Pete Carroll's wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes haven't always had amazing production. This is a run first team. And I do think Jackson Smith and Jigba is clearly the best wide receiver in this class, which is why I have him at number three. But I think Jameer Gibbs has better potential to get elite production early in his career and more often. So my number three is the Fantasy Pros number two. Again, it's Jackson Smith and Jigba. He is most people's top wide receiver, but it varies for me at number four. And I am putting Quentin Johnston the, out of TCU as the first round pick for the Chargers. 
as my number four guy ahead of Jordan Addison. And to be clear, I like them both. I like all three of these receivers that I've discussed, but Quentin Johnston is paired with Justin Herbert, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. And I think that provides a lot more security than the Vikings do with Jordan Addison. Because first of all, Justin Jefferson is going to be the wide receiver one in Minnesota for years to come. And I think, but second, Kirk Cousins could be on the outs pretty soon. We could see a new QB in Minnesota and that brings uncertainty. Justin Herbert will be productive for years to come and Quentin Johnston has a chance to potentially become the wide receiver one in this Chargers offense once Keenan Allen leaves, which he's getting up there in age, because he can definitely beat out Mike Williams for that spot. But Jordan Addison as well will probably sit as the wide receiver too. He will lose targets to TJ Hawkinson as well. He's still going to be very, very good. And both these guys went around the same time in the draft. But to me, Quentin Johnston has the higher upside, and that's why he's number four and Addison is number five. It's flipped on Fantasy Pros. The number six guy is the same in both the fantasy pros consensus in my rankings. It's Zay Flowers in Baltimore. The wide receiver picked in the first round out of Boston College. He was the fourth wide receiver picked in that four wide receiver in a row run. And I mean, what a I mean, what a great player. He's very, very good after the catch, just in general. And now coming into the Ravens, he has some wide receivers to compete with, with Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham Jr., but he has the potential to be the wide receiver one in this offense as well. He just wasn't quite as highly touted heading into the draft as other guys. It actually was a little surprising to me that he ended up I, I my apologies I misspoke that he ended up going ahead of Jordan Addison so he was the third wide receiver taken in that run I think Addison's the better prospect which is why I had him have him ahead of Zay Flowers especially since there's still some uncertainty about who's going to be the wide receiver one there and how much Lamar Jackson will be throwing the ball next year is this has also been a very run first team I could see somebody or making the argument for Zay Flowers to be higher but I don't think he has just the physical characteristics to have massive upside to warrant anything higher than this but all of these wide receivers you really can't go wrong for number seven this is my first qb and this isn't the guy who i think is the best qb in the draft but he is the one who has the highest upside for fantasy because rushing yards get fantasy points and anthony richardson can run the football he's going to be an indie with michael pittman jr josh downs and jonathan taylor that is a fantastic situation and if he's utilized correctly he could run for a thousand yards he could be dominant on the ground and be a weapon in fantasy football. So that's why I like him here as the top QB. The next guy, I think he, there's even a teardrop just because he doesn't have quite the same rushing ability. I think Bryce Young has a better chance to pan out in the NFL and which is why he's ranked ahead of Anthony Richardson on fantasy pros. But to me, the new Carolina Panthers quarterback is still number eight, even though he has all those weapons there. Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, now Jonathan Mingo as well, who we'll talk about later and Hayden Hurst at tight end. I view Anthony Richardson as better because of that rushing ability. I think he has the potential to break fantasy football like so many others have before him, get several hundred yards rushing more more than Bryce Young, which means Bryce Young's going to have to put up ridiculous passing stats to get close to him in standard scoring leagues. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Bryce Young's going to be good, but I don't think he's going to catch up to Anthony Richardson more most likely i mean richardson's more boomer bust but i'm taking the risk on the upside cj stroud is the number nine guy he doesn't have as many weapons in houston is the problem he's got robert woods john mechie which we're actually going to need to figure out the status of john mechie pretty soon after his battle with uh i'm trying to remember if it was leukemia but i'm sounds like he was making a good recovery last i checked wasn't sure of his status yet for next season so hopefully he's going to be all right pretty soon but there's Mechie there as well. And then there's Tank Dell out of Houston, their wide receiver that they drafted in the third round. CJ Stroud's got some options, of course, but I mean, it's not something where you're like going crazy about the guys they got. He has accurate ball placement, and I think he's going to be successful in the NFL, but Young and Richardson are better set for success.
Number 10, this guy had a huge game against LSU late in the season at Texas A&M. Devon A-Chain, he he's, has home run speed, and he also is a guy who really showed out not only at the combine, but again, like I said, late in the season, had a career day against LSU. He got picked in round three, and yes, you're saying, okay, this is a round three guy. I've only mentioned round one guy so far. Why is Devon A-Chain so high? And it's because of the opportunity in Miami. First of all, this Miami offense is really explosive. There's going to be a ton of opportunities to score. But beyond that, outside of an aging Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson-led backfield, there's not much competition for Devon A-Chain in, there, in, in Miami. I think he's going to come in be the RB one pretty soon and has enough talent because I liked him as a prospect enough talent to soar and be awesome in this offense and be a featured part of the game. So I like him there. That's why I would take him at number 10. He's actually ranked. Where's he ranked number 12 on fantasy pros. So borderline first round pick. My last two first rounders are both tight ends. Dalton Kincaid, a first round pick to Buffalo. Buffalo has struggled to support a second option consistently behind Stephon Diggs, but the capital that was invested in Dalton Kincaid, which was a first-round pick, leads me to believe that he might be Josh Allen's new second target for years to come. Really excited for this because he's an incredibly talented tight end, and now this is the big guy to throw to underneath, the security blanket, who also has big athletic explosive ability. Very, very excited. I'd rank him ahead of Michael Mayer because of the QB situation. In Buffalo, you got Josh Allen. Mayer, who was drafted by Vegas in the second round, does not have Josh Allen. He has Jimmy Garoppolo. He's still going to be good, and he was arguably just as good of a prospect as Kincaid, but draft capital matters, and he went low and is stuck in a worse QB situation, but I still think he's my number 12 guy. There's just not another huge amount of guys that I can really trust to be in the first round outside of Michael Mayer, and we'll talk about some of those more murky names in a second. But my first round in rookie drafts is Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers, Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Devon A-Chain, Dalton Kincaid, and Michael Mayer. So for the second round, it starts off with a guy who I have ranked a couple spots lower than Fantasy Pros, Zach Charbonnet. He went in round two to Seattle, and you might think, oh, they're replacing Kenneth Walker. But let's not forget that just last year, Kenneth Walker also went number two in the, in the or sorry, not number two, in the second round. Let's not forget that back in 2017, Pete Carroll took Rashad Penny in the first round to replace a, an effective Chris Carson. The point is, not all these, these guys aren't bad. Kenneth Walker's a really good running back, and so is Zach Charbonnet. But Pete Carroll cycles through his running backs like clockwork. I don't think we're going to see sustained success for very many years from Zach Charbonnet. I think we're going to see a timeshare with Kenneth Walker. Unless there's an injury, that's what it's going to be. And eventually, there's going to be a new guy in town that Pete Carroll wants to take for this run-first offense. Because it's happened time and time again. We saw Chris Carson get shipped out. Rashad Penny get shipped out. Ken Wa- Kenneth Walker is now getting more competition. It happens again and again in Seattle. And I don't think Zach Charbonnet has massive dynasty upside for that reason. Quite frankly, coming out of UCLA, he's a great prospect. I love him. He's going to be good, but he's not worthy of a first round rookie pick. He's worthy of that number 13 spot early second round. Number 14 guy is Condre Miller. He's out of TCU and he is in going to be in New Orleans with the Saints drafted in round three. Obviously, the situation isn't that great right now, but Alvin Kamara getting up there in age, we might see him go after another year or two, in which case Miller, was, who was a very, very effective runner at TCU, who slipped down others' boards while others were very, very high on him, could pair very well with Derek Carr and be the featured back in this offense. This is one where you're more projecting for the future, as you have to do kind of in this spot. Obviously, he might not be very effective right away, but these running back rooms can shift fast. There's a reason the Saints spent a high-quality pick on a good running back. I think it means that they're going to shift to Condra Miller sooner rather than later. 
Now, my number 15 guy is Jonathan Mingo in Carolina. I like how he's paired with Bryce Young, and I like the draft capital a lot. Obviously, Adam Thielen has the more proven track record at receiver, but Mingo in round two is really, really solid. Out of Ole Miss, not a guy that many fantasy analysts touted as a round two pick, but Jonathan Mingo could come in and really stretch the field and potentially be Bryce Young's new wide receiver one. Again, I like the draft capital a lot. That's what really excites me here. I think he has a ton of upside. I think there's even upside to warrant taking him high above a guy like Miller or Charbonnet. If you're not in on taking some of these mid-tier running backs, if you're not as high on them, I think Jonathan Mingo is a worthy alternative who I'm going to be excited to watch in Carolina very soon. Number 16, this is a guy who I have a lot higher than other people because he's the number 24 guy on Fantasy Pros. I'll be getting a lot of Jalen Hyatt in Dynasty, the round three pick for the Giants. This guy, yes, sure, he's round three. We don't love the draft capital. It's solid, though. He's still a day two pick. But first off, the Giants traded up for him. They clearly wanted him. Second, outside of like Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton, they don't have anybody at receiver. Jalen Hyatt should step in and be the wide receiver one in this offense sooner rather than later. I know Wandale Robinson is still there, and they took him in the second round. But first of all, he's coming off an injury. Second, he played a lot more like a gadget guy. He will get targets, and so will guys like Sterling Shepard. But Jalen Hyatt has the highest upside out of anybody here. I think he's drastically underrated in rookie drafts right now. A great investment in the middle of the second round or in the end of the second round, depending on where you can get him. Love this guy a lot out of Tennessee. I think he's going to be incredible on the deep ball, just like he was in college, and support Daniel Jones massively. And I would even, again, I'd understand ranking Jalen Hyatt a lot higher than this, too, if you don't want to take a chance on a mid-tier running back. Now my number 17 guy, ultra receiver, taken in round two, Marvin Mims for the Broncos. He has to compete, of course, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. So coming in as the wide receiver three, that's why I feel like his upside is a little bit capped. That's why I don't love him as much. But Russell Wilson is hopefully going to be at least somewhat revived under Sean Payton. And Jerry Judy, he, they picked up his fifth-year option, but he could be gone in a couple of years. Same with Sutton. I mean, he's on a contract extension as well. But these guys, uh, especially Sutton's more getting up there. Actually, Sutton's still a reasonable age. Both of them are still a reasonable age. Sutton's older than Judy. But we could see, I mean, Jerry Judy didn't have a huge role in Denver. He could be gone at some point. So just keep an eye on that future part for Marvin Mims because a role could open up for him sooner rather than later. And the fact that the Broncos drafted him in round two does mean something. Those late round two picks often do go to die, but I mean, Marvin Mims does have a lot of upside in this offense if he comes in and takes a clear role. Now, Josh Downs, the number 18 guy on my list, round three pick for the Indianapolis Colts, going to be the wide receiver two behind Michael Pittman. It's going to be fun to watch Josh Downs with Anthony Richardson. Again, the draft capital is the reason I have him behind Marvin Mims, and I keep referencing the draft capital over and over again. It's important to view how NFL teams view these guys. But out of North Carolina, he's a guy who I thought could have been in round two. So I do like him enough to warrant taking him in the second round of rookie drafts in the middle of the second. Got an overall really balanced frame, and he's a good quality wide receiver overall that I think will slot in very nicely. Around two guys, my number 19 guy, it's Jaden Reed for Green Bay. With they, them losing Alan Lazard, they needed receivers. I think Christian Watson's still going to be the top guy here, but Jaden Reed could step in as the number two for Jordan Love. Obviously, this QB situation makes it really murky, and the Packers' hit rate on wide receivers in the past in the draft. It's actually, it's actually been pretty good at coming out of round two, but at the same time, they do have 
with Christian Watson, he's only really got going at the end of the season, and he seemed like a guy who they invested in much higher in the second round, whereas Jaden Reed was much further down on a lot of teams' boards and came later in the second. So I, I think that Christian Watson prospect investment as a prospect means that he will be higher on the depth chart than Jaden Reed. So I don't see like huge amounts of upside, but I do see the potential for him to develop into a nice wide receiver too for Jordan Love. Sam Laporta, round two tight end pick, is my number 20 guy. He went to the Detroit Lions. The Lions have a lot of receivers here, which is what scares me. But they do what I do like is that they invested him in him over Michael Mayer, which I actually disagreed with, but I like it because it shows they have a lot of confidence in him. I think he comes in and becomes the new TJ Hawkinson for Jared Goff. Maybe not to that extent, because obviously I'd rank him higher, but he could become a good security blanket and a tight end one for years to come, whether it's Jared Goff or Hendon Hooker at the helm. The, RB, the number 21 guy is an RB, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. He's a round three pick going to Jacksonville. I've seen some people rank him higher than this, but I just don't love it just because Travis Etienne sits as the RB1 on that depth chart. Now, things can change, as we saw with James Robinson at one point being the RB1 on the Jags depth chart. But this is a round three pick. It's not like they invested a round one pick like the Jags did in Travis Etienne a few years back. And Bigsby's more between the tackles guy. ETN's still going to take a lot of the pass catching reps. So it limits a lot of his upside here. The RB, the number 22 guy, also a running back, Tajay Spears and Tennessee. I rank him here because I think he has a chance to take over after Derrick Henry uh, eventually breaks down, if that's ever going to happen. Not sure. Obviously, I could see he's a guy who I could see having lower, and there's a bit of a teardrop between him and Bigsby because of the fact that we don't know when Henry's going to be gone and the Titans could eventually just see this as a wasted investment and move on, which happens with a lot of these day two RBs still worth a flyer at the end of the second round, but don't expect much right away or potentially at all. It's a risky pick. The number 23 guy is Rasheed Rice, round two receiver for Kansas City. We play this game every year. Who's going to be the next guy behind Travis Kelsey for Patrick Mahomes? Could be him. There's the draft capital there. But keep in mind, with Miko Hardman and Sky Moore in recent years, the Chiefs don't have a great hit rate on wide receivers. And they already still have Marquez Valdez-Scantling there competing for targets, along with other guys like Sky Moore and like Kadarius Toney, most notably. So Rasheed Rice could have a role. I like that they picked him in round two, but he was behind a lot of other receivers as well. And with the Chiefs' lackluster hit rate in the past, does scare me a little bit. But the upside is tremendous with Patrick Mahomes. Lastly, to round out your second round, Cedric Tillman. Round three pick wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns going to slot in behind Mari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones, at least for the moment, but could get a role. I mean, there is a role for him, a path for him to potentially achieve wide receiver two status. And that's a bet on Deshaun Watson coming back to relevance. But if he does, there's a role for Cedric Tillman and there's a place where he could become the new, I mean, I'm not comparing him as a player to Will Fuller, but Deshaun Watson's new Will Fuller behind DeAndre Hopkins slash Amari Cooper. Cedric Tillman does have some upside there, also out of Tennessee. I can't wait to see what he does, but it's really dependent on whether Deshaun Watson comes back and has a resurgence. So that wraps up the episode. Thank you all for tuning in. The long-awaited rankings. If you disagree with any, hit me up on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at SGF pod for the podcast. Second goal, fantasy gmail.com is where you can send your fantasy questions. Thank you all for tuning in. This was a fun episode, an excellent episode. Glad to be back. Glad to have some rankings down in the books. More fun episodes to come. I'll see you all next time.